0: podcast
1: You have perhaps believed that you are your thoughts and this is the crux of the problem. But when you are moving away from your thoughts, all of a sudden something tremendous is happening. And this is the realization that there is nothing that needs to be fixed right now.
0: Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your host, Gina, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, this is Gina Cavalier and it's the Liberated Healer Podcast, and we have Sean Tubali on, And look at this book of meditations. Not a small book. Very lovely. It says the complete book of meditation. I love it. Thank you and welcome.
1: Thank you so much. It's just such a joy being here with you.
0: Oh, gosh, me too. And why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit of context about who you are and some of your uh, teachings and philosophy.
1: Where do you? Yeah. Well, I I think I would describe myself as, as a researcher of consciousness, as a researcher of the human mind and what it's capable of doing, and how it is capable of being the source of our suffering as as well as the source of our happiness and liberation. So yeah. uh, this interest uh, uh, it started very er- early in my life when I was just uh, uh, twenty one. And, uh, and at that time, I had some kind of, I would say, a promising career as a journalist and author and a novelist. Uh, but then I, I still felt this, this kind of, of uh, nagging questions in me, uh, look, this search for, for a deeper meaning and a deeper uh, understanding of, of who, who I am. So at first I I started by by trying uh, the academic uh, path, and uh, very very soon after I realized that that the academic path is not going to tell me anything about the meaning of life <laughs> and my true identity. I tried uh, studying Buddhism and uh, religious studies and philosophy. And then I embarked on a journey into into the Eastern philosophy and practice, including visiting ashrams, monasteries, and uh, and gurus in India. And at a certain point, at the age of 23, I had my first breakthrough, a certain uh, cosmic revelation or self-expansion that uh, uh, made me realize that this is the source of of supreme bliss and and, and love and, and joy in life. So ever since I've dedicated my life to researching the to researching consciousness, what it can do for us. And uh, and I have done so both academically and as a philosopher and as a spiritual teacher and a well uh, practitioner myself.
0: And you're located in Berlin, correct? I'm sorry. Are you located in Berlin?
1: No, no. I'm, I lived in Berlin for 10 years. And just recently, I've moved to Portugal.
0: Oh, Portugal. Oh.
1: Wonderful. To lovely, lovely
2: Portugal. Yes. Oh, wow.
0: <laughs> I feel like Portugal is really a deeply, deeply spiritual place. And a lot of people are starting to talk about it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Wow. It, it, it feels like the, the land itself is uh, something mystical. To it.
0: Wonderful. I'd love to see it one day. And your book, your books have been translated in five different languages?
1: No, twelve. Twelve? Yes.
0: I must have been reading an old thing. (laughs) Yes, it it it
1: keeps updating. Yes.
0: Twelve languages. Oh (laughs) wow. And so well, I I was truly inspired by your words and your work. I'm super grateful already. I could feel Just connecting with your imagery online and some of the videos I researched, just a sense of peace coming over to me. And I like that the the way that you kind of explain the beauty uh, and you really go into the meditation as in it's not meditations with an S. It's meditation but with different techniques. And I love that too, because it's just all meditation and can you go into some of the points, the main points of why meditation helps us kind of elevate our consciousness and what it kind of does to our body? And also, I loved it. You had a really interesting way of explaining the chakras and how they have a little tendrils on them or something. And I'm just very interested in hearing some of that.
1: Oh, These are plenty of questions.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: At the same time. Well. Uh, but 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 let, let's start uh, with the basics. Uh, uh, first of all, I think you you made a, an important distinction between techniques techniques that lead us to meditation. These are tools for 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 reaching the meditative state and the meditative state itself. And there are many uh, different dimensions of the meditative state, but only one uh, essential state. And let's try to understand this state together, because sometimes you say uh, people say, in meditation you, you find calm, you find peace." But then why do you find calm and peace? What is the source of of this, of this experience? And the, uh, this benefit. And, and the thing is that in meditation, first of all, time, time disappears, the sense of time and rush, the time of, uh, of, of trying to uh, to... To become somebody and to reach somewhere, and finally you have this wonderful feeling that you don't need to become someone in order to be. You see, so you replace a, a becoming with being. Your ordinary thoughts and emotions uh, do not uh, no longer take over you. They they. They move to, to, the, to the background and you have, you experience a sense of inner expansion. This means that you're, you're feeling that, that there is more space inside you and that you are increasingly becoming a, a less dependent on the world, which means that you don't need anyone, you don't need anything in order to be happy, fulfilled and content. So that's the beginning of of what I call uncaused emotions. Uncaused emotions are emotions that are self-generated, because usually we require a certain air, well feedback from our environment to experience good feelings, right? Yes. So here you are beginning to experience inner stability and inner joy and inner love and inner power. All that, all these. generated by
2: by the power of your own consciousness
0: my goodness okay
2: wow okay
0: and then you had you had one meditation where it was go to go to a memory of where you felt unconditional love and what if you can't pull up that a memory i was very interested in If you're in a kind of a suffering place or you're having a hard time meditating or you're the techniques are great when you're feeling good and you can follow along. But when you're in a in a in a panic state or a suffering or you're feeling very lost, I mean, how do you how would you suggest someone to get pulled into
1: Oh, I I would say meditation is not for when we're feeling good, but it's when we're suffering. When we're confused, when we're in a panic attack, when we are uh, completely uh, disoriented in our life, this is exactly the time when you, uh, when you need the magic of meditation. Now, what is the magic of meditation? Because, because all these states, all these conditions uh, are, are when I feel uh, deprived uh, of certain of certain experiences or s- certain states in life, for instance, I feel that sat that, un- that love has been taken away from me. now I can no longer feel this love right yes so then I need to return somehow to 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 a state in which I am content at this very moment I am whole, and that's why i need I need meditation because when you enter meditation. Suddenly, things that seem to you extremely crucial, extremely important, uh, are revealed as, as nearly meaningless. And th- there is a sort of inner laughter. Suddenly, you're realizing that that uh, that what seemed to you very, very significant, is is not important. That problems that you thought you had uh, are not real. So this is why we, we have to to meditate exactly when we suffer, exactly when we're confused.
0: And what should happen and what mostly does happen is that whatever is stuck or blocked, it starts to just lighten up. And is that our consciousness just connecting in, in that process of letting go? Is that just all energy moving or...
1: Yes, you can, you can look at it uh, uh, both as an energetic change because there is what you mentioned as the, as the chakras. The chakras begin in meditation. All seven chakras begin to operate optimally because they are beginning to be nourished by what we call a life force, prana in, uh, in Hinduism. So, so we are nourished and, the, and, our, and when our chakras begin to enter a state of optimal uh, activity, we experience as a uh, uh, calm and peace and completeness as a result. But at the level of consciousness, what really happens is that your mind or you are moving away from your thoughts. You see, yes, you are realizing that you are not your thoughts. You see, we always have this feeling, this this annoying feeling that that we have to fix something, even when our life seems to be. Rather perfect or rather uh, uh, reasonable in in a good state, we still feel this this uh, incompleteness or dissatisfaction or, or or a sense of a problem consciousness, and this is exactly what what uh, makes us uh, feel light in the state of meditation. There is you can leave everything unresolved. <laughs> Yeah, and many of our problems, your problems, are realized they're completely illusory.
0: <laughs> yeah, you um, you try to fix. You feel like you need to go fix it, and sometimes you make the problem worse because you're not in mm-hmm. a you're in a like an over emotional state, or you're not balanced, and then you're you're trying to smooth something over, or fix it, or do something out to push. I guess. Force your agenda, force what you want out of that relationship yes. or outcome, and then it, it and then it just gets worse.
1: How <laughs> oh, how accurate this is? This is so beautifully put. You know how I call it? I call it the could be, should be, would be universe. This is the uh, and so so I say that that that. that that we live in, in two universes. One is the real u- universe, where I am right now. And then there is a, a, my thoughts are producing constantly this could be, should be, would be universe, the universe that I should have had, the life that I should have had, or the life that could be. And we keep comparing. Now, uh, this life in this universe, well, it doesn't stand a chance. When it is compared to this should be. <laughs> so. And, and, then, and then we keep feeling that our life as it is, is not satisfying. So this, this gives rise to, to endless, uh, what I call endless uh, fake needs. We need things that we don't really need. And then when we get them, we realize that, that we, our mind immediately escapes to, to search for something else.
0: Yeah, that's what i think is a part of what addictions can be become because you just get that momentary happiness and then okay what's the next and and i i know that meditations really help with any kind of addictions is it correct
2: oh yes oh yes because well first of all um you can say that all
1: addictions they, they, they arise because because our mind feels uh, and our and our body also as a result because our mind governs uh, uh, our body, our, we feel we experience a certain inherent uh, incompleteness, and we we have this sense of hole in our heart and hole on, in our stomach, and we keep trying to to fill them to fill these holes with with certain things uh, uh, and this is where we're beginning to, to also look for more intense experiences, more intense stimulation. So we need more food, we need more sex, we need more recognition, more money, more success in order to to feel this kind of, of
2: completeness. So this is where obsession enters the picture. Now now the thing is I I, I have a
1: teacher a yogic teacher and he has a beautiful statement there is never enough food to feed a hungry soul. Mm. And I I love the this statement because it it, it really captures the, this feeling that that we are trying to to feed ourselves to fill ourselves with food that cannot that cannot that that it tries to compensate for a, a very different type of deprivation. So what meditation does is that it, it, bring, it brings us to this a state of inner satisfaction. Mm. It, again, it's a state in which you need nothing from no one. You don't have this kind of void in the sense of lack.
0: Yes. And you just instantly... I don't know how, I just, I love how it just seems to just kind of push all of the dark out. I, I don't know. I guess I'm not saying that correctly. But even if mm. you start in a state where you're feeling heavy, you just really feel a lot lighter. And I love that there's all these different techniques, like for the different mm. parts of the body. And how you can, like, say, if you have a heart. I think something going on with your heart energy, or outside of yourself, and then you also talk about awakening the inner child of consciousness. What 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 is the inner child of consciousness? What 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 do you mean by when you say that?
1: I'm not sure what you mean by inner child of consciousness. Perhaps uh, uh, we're talking here about. Uh...
0: Oh, it was saying about, I was reading, it was unlocking hidden triggers that awakens the inner child of consciousness. So that was a period that I I read something from there, but maybe I copied that wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We can move on from that one. I'll take that Okay.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: So, so without this consciousness, we are out out of touch with our own life, correct?
2: Hmm. Hmm. Hmm,
1: Yes, exactly. Because.
0: The, the, that's that's the, the the
1: extraordinary thing you see. I think I think our greatest curse as as human beings and our greatest gift is consciousness. Because of consciousness, you can look at your life from the outside and keep thinking, keep comparing it, keep thinking, uh, keep uh, creating this would be, should be, could be universe and all that. But when you make use, right use of your consciousness. You are realizing that without consciousness, all we are is just an unconscious, automatic stream of thoughts, emotions, events, circumstances, ups and downs all day long. You get a a negative email, you're down. You get a a smile from a stranger on the street, you're you're feeling uh, elevated. Uh, So in the in this sense, we we don't really. Exit because we, we are constantly shaped by, by our events. So in this sense, we, we, from the perspective of meditation, we are daydreaming.
0: Yep. There is
1: a, there is a, a book titled by one of the, the meditation teachers mentioned in the book, Gurdjieff. And he, he writes, life is real only then when I am. Life is real only then when I am. And this is because when you bring mindfulness also to this very moment while we're talking, this enables us to, to fill life with presence, to imbue life with presence and, and consequently with meaning. Life becomes meaningful. Otherwise, without this consciousness, uh, we live 70, 80 night years if we're fortunate, if we're lucky. But then we realize that that life has passed uh, like a dream. You yeah. see, we're not really there uh, feeling the moments, uh, giving them their true meaning because we were waiting all the time for happiness in the future. And this future has never come.
0: <laughs> and I, I like how you say events because I do think people can... Hold on to that and see that in themselves, where they have a packed day, right? And they're like, Well, I got all the stuff to do. I'm going to be keeping really busy. And then they maybe I should just be quiet at night and do a quick little meditation because I'm going out with my friends. And but it's like these events sometimes they're just kind of going through life as like almost a robot and not really being there. And then when they have time to sit, or where there's quiet, or something happens. Like an emotional event happens, then they lose their connection and that's sort of a cycle. I think a lot of people um, have been living, uh, people I speak about, and that's what causes a lot of the suffering. And it's the events, the constant events. I like how you use that word.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Yes, but, but then we are also, of course, victims of 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 our of the constantly changing events, right? Because and then as a result, we also have this kind of of changing moods. We we wake up having a certain mood, and then it changes after five minutes, one hour, because because our moods. You see, in the world of meditation, there is a beautiful uh, metaphor that that there are the passing clouds in the sky and there is there is the the vast blue open sky and we constantly think that we are these passing clouds but we are we are meant to to actually realize that we are the sky in which these these through which these clouds constantly pass. So meditation is actually the realization of, of a state that is beyond Moods. This, it's a, it, when we wake up in the morning, we the universe is always in a way the same, but we are uh, our state, our condition is is constantly is fluctuating, right? Yeah, and this is because we are reacting constantly to events, or even more deeply, we're reacting constantly to our thoughts about events.
0: Thoughts about events, yes yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people definitely are in that space, yes, and then we believe hmm. and react to those thoughts, and we believe in them wholeheartedly, and I also think that we can at that when we're in those states, we can create things that aren't aren't even happening,
2: no, yes
0: and so our because we are very imaginative so we'll we'll imagine that a whole say a whole group of people are against us or we'll make it make it bigger than it really (laughs) and then and then that's sort of where we will go into some kind of a suffering then because we feel disconnected Mm
2: -hmm.
1: exactly and and this is exactly when we're starting to to realize that 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 our thoughts are not our, uh, a description of our reality we are beginning this is i think the beginning of of emotional and spiritual maturity you're beginning to 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 distinguish thoughts from events and then you are beginning to to separate yourself from thoughts so you are st- in meditation you are perhaps for the first time you are experimenting with what happens when you remove a certain thought What happens to the event? What does it look like uh, as a result of of the absence of this so-called descriptive thought? And uh, and then also how you're feeling actually when you're no longer giving meaning and importance to this thought. So Mm -hmm. let's, let's take an example. I have the thought life is hard. Life is really difficult. Now, I'm, I'm convinced when I, I have this kind of thought that this is a description of my reality and this and holding on to this thought it fills me with a sense of struggle, right? A sense of stress, a sense of, a sense of burden. Now, you, you remove this thought ju- just for a second. You ask yourself, okay, so what, what would happen if, if, I, if I would be without this thought Just for a moment, I can keep this thought for later. (laughs) I can return to it, but let's just give it a try. And then, and then you realize that life is not really hard, and that without this thought, you suddenly have all the energy in the world to to cope with your reality, because your reality is actually manageable. You see, so your thought colored your reality. And as a result, you're, you're now feeling that you can't handle things. That things are too stressful. That things are overwhelming, and that life is against you.
0: Yes, And, <laughs> and a feeling like that, every little thing feel just adds more on top of it. And then you turn, you feel very burdened by every, any little thing that happens. When you're, you'll top over with one more thing. I'm going to fall over. I can't do
1: it. <laughs> Yes, exactly. And this is why I think, you know, I, I regard meditation. I say meditation is like taking a vacation from the world. Oh, <laughs> because, Thank you, you all. because you see, with, with all these, these vacations, uh, internal vacations, we keep fantasizing about going far away or, or doing something that is the complete opposite of where we are right now you see this is how these images of happiness uh, uh, come into being but if you are able to nourish yourself by by giving yourself this profound type of break suddenly you are you are uh, able to, to to make that reset you see you're, you're beginning you are able to to clear away the table on which your, all all these burdens have been accumulated
0: Yes. Wonderful. So then, you're
1: returning to, to to zero point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and then as you're going through all these processes and you're getting into a really good state, do you, what about, is there a state where you start to feel sort of the ego dying? And what is that process like?
1: Oh, that, that's a deep question. Yes, well, uh, how would you define the ego? I'm curious.
0: Well, <laughs> for, okay, I I define it in two different categories. One is yes. very good, where it, it propels you to write a book or to move mm. forward or to mm. start something positive. You need that strength, and that is the gut ego.
2: <laughs>
0: um, for me, the bad ego is going after something that isn't good for you or
2: mm-hmm.
0: but it, it might bring you up in a status in the world or something that will will feed you in a way that you know is only going to be temporary
2: mm-hmm. you know yes, yes, or yes.
0: not good for you in the long run but for some reason it fills either fills a hole or completes you some way that you th- or that you thought would be complete if that makes Yes. Sense. So, one when you're going yes. through a lot of inner work, I found spiritually, and you start to look at the good and the bad ego. The this bad ego sometimes is really hard to kind of identify, and to, and it feels mm. very mm. like it can sabotage the good. Mm. Ego. Right, like,
2: right, right. That's
0: beautiful. When that, yes. Yeah, when that starts to first, you have the realization of it, and then you want to go, oh my gosh. I do do that, or I do have that. I am attached to that kind of money, or I am attached kind of person, or, and I know that I don't know. So that's the kind of ego I was. Yes, yes, I I
1: see, I see. So, so you would define ego, uh, if I could suggest a definition, uh, as uh, trying to become some somebody that you are not. Right, this this kind of it's it's like looking at yourself from the outside, trying only to look at yourself as an object or as a product or for a self-image, or or as as the way other people would look at you, or yes. at least you would think people <laughs> look at you. So yes, th- this is exactly it, and and meditation uh, ultimately uh, dissolves this dissolves this kind of ego, because it it replaces uh, the need. For becoming somebody, you mm-hmm. see because we keep w- wanting to become somebody because we we believe that in, in this way our existence will be somehow confirmed confirmed by by our environment, who will become real you see it's like we are pinocchio <laughs> and we we all the time want to be a, to be a real boy and girl, uh, and we believe that that we will receive it through. Uh, this gives through a recognition of others. Now, what what happens when you when you recognize yourself? There is a, a there was a, a, the 20th century mystic Yogananda. I mention him a, a lot in the book. A great mystic, and he says something that that I love so much. Meditation is like giving a hug to yourself, and and this is so. St- Simply put, right because it just gives you this kind of emotional sweetness of of finally feeling whole. So suddenly you you are worthy of existence just because you are. That this is your birthright. Your the universe has given it to you, and and we all know when we look at the universe and animals and and everything around. That obviously uh, uh, it's it's they, they've already in a way everything has achieved its purpose. Everything is is just is good just as it is. So why are we excluded from this big picture? You see, why do we need to to somehow be something more in order to be? Mm-hmm. So that's when you you finally relax into yourself.
0: I love the word <laughs> that you say rate because. I don't know why that is to me vibrates it's so strong when you tell somebody mm. this, you're, this is your birthright to feel good, with, to mm. love the body as it is right now and holy and things like that, because that's why I feel people that I communicate with are really suffering. In. And what you were talking mm. about, that's why the ego, what you just said is really important because of the, all the outside influences, they're losing their their identity is becoming super important we, on, on social media and things like that. And then mm-hmm. the recognition, and then they get sad and they get depressed. And that's when we lose people in, in certain ways. They, they, that's when they tend to go to addictions and drugs and stuff like that. And that's why we're having these conversations, because if they can come more or try meditation. I've, I've worked with a lot of people that says, I just, I can't meditate. I just can't. And I'm like, well, you're probably one of the one people that really needs to try. You know? <laughs> I just can't. So I, I have a lot of people that have very busy lives that say, yes, 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 yes. That's, yes.
1: that's, yes. that's yes. where I'm
0: trying to show them that they can, because you can do it for what a few minutes, five minutes, you know, right? I mean, it's all five, five
1: minutes. Re- re- research research has shown us that five minutes can can be enough. Yeah. Yes. 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 Uh, so. Again, and we can increase, increase it slightly every time. Now, there, there, there are many ways to, to uh, overcome our fear of meditation. For instance, uh, uh, becoming a part of uh, for an online community that practices uh, different types of meditation. This, this is how uh, uh, it has been traditionally. There were communities we, uh, of, of, of meditators uh, uh, who support one another by creating this kind of uh, of, uh, of shared intention? But we also need to uh, to, to realize, and this is uh, you you showed the book before, that that we have a certain image, uh, <laughs> this one, uh, that we have <laughs> that we have a certain image of what meditation is. We also think we have this kind of classical figure sitting with eyes closed, right, with a serene look in a half lotus position or full lotus position, uh, and and then we, we think, this is not for me, this is too much. I can't sit silently. Now, but what w- would happen if you realize that meditation can be so many different things? It can be dancing, it can be a cathartic breathing, it can be praying if you do it with the right intention it can be walking and uh, and and breathing and, and and so many other ways and and all kinds of forms of visualizations so the entry point can be uh, is so diverse that you can begin to feel that meditation is an adventure of consciousness rather than uh, this kind of of stiff state in which you are supposed to f- to be silent, you see.
0: <laughs> before, uh, it they, it does get. We ha, we we're so attached to images, and we've seen so many of the. <laughs> yeah. So it it's it's easy to understand how it can be positively affect emotions and your mental state, but how can it help your physical state?
2: Hmm. Well. Let's start with this. When you uh, when you meditate, let let's
1: talk about about the energetic process. When you meditate, uh, it's as if you are uh, plugging uh, uh, into the cosmic socket. So uh, your being, and and in this sense, you, you are beginning to uh, to be nourished by by a subtle energy, subtle prana, subtle life force. So, so this is this is the first thing that, that begins to happen because we usually uh, try to derive our nourishment from food, from uh, from uh, and from drink, but we can we actually have a, a deeper type of nourishment. So when we are beginning to, to be nourished in this way, our, uh, this begins to to heal some of our uh, diseases and some of our discomforts, you see, because because we have this kind of stiffness and all kinds of uh, psychosomatic disorders that are the result of, of over-dependency, intense dependency on the world and on on uh, certain situations, certain events, when we are deprived of, of, of these, this type of, of feedback. We're beginning to develop all kinds of uh, tensions, some some of which are unconscious so So we are beginning to uh, to feel through this increased life force a better functioning of the chakras and even the the uh, the rising of what is called the Kundalini. Which is the subtle life force that that lies dormant in in our in the base of our spine. All of these elements they come to life, they, they awaken in us, and they begin to to heal us. By the way, that whenever I I, I go through a, an extreme dental treatment, including dental surgeries, usually they send you home with painkillers, right? So I I refuse. Uh, to use these not because of some kind of extreme ideology but only because i know what meditation can do for you what i do is I, I simply darken my room and i sit for meditation and and first the first thing that meditation does is that it increases your ability to contain the pain you become bigger than your pain and you are able to 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 make friends with certain sensations and then it also helps you to uh, to uh, to to dissolve the, the tensions in the body that actually uh, 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 per, uh, continue or to or or and let's say freeze this pain inside you.
2: That's wonderful,
0: <laughs> you know. This I don't think people talk about the physical enough of the of meditations. I mean. What you just said is really interesting because we are kind of we would tend to go to uh, say a painkiller. I love that informing people of that because a lot of people suffer daily through different parts of pain as it, especially as they age, say arthritis or they hurt themselves or one thing or another.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: um we can we still can we still can assist that through this consciousness and this energy shifting and put i guess positive energy in that area that's our concentration on it and like you said make friends with it
2: yes yes yes
0: yes they use kundalini maybe and you know as um uh, a force that goes through and exactly. I, I know kundalini is so powerful mm-hmm and I think if a lot of people that are afraid of meditation had any sense of what Kundalini feels like, they would get on the bandwagon right away.
1: <laughs> yes, but and and it's actually very easy to to get in touch with it. There is a, a, in the book, for instance, one a, one practice uh, 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 from uh, the ta- from tantric Buddhism that is called vase breathing. Vase breathing is uh, is is simply a form uh, of of uh, of controlling your breath. It's so easy to, to practice, and, and something like after ten minutes, you're already beginning to feel Kundalini rising. So we don't need to go too far, and or to to, uh, to be afraid of of these kinds of of this kind of terminology, because it may sound very uh, very uh, uh, inaccessible. Whereas it is, it is actually uh, deep inside our body, and again, it is our birthright <laughs> to to make use of it. It's a, it's in abundance, and it has a healing power. It can remove so many emotional and mental blockages. Finally, you're feeling your mind silent, and as a result, your body finally uh, begins to to experience bliss. You see, not just uh, being okay or having no illnesses, but fee- being joyful. And I think that our body deserves to to be blissful.
0: <laughs> I think too. And wouldn't it be wonderful if people are in hospitals and in between whatever's going on with them, that they could have a meditation practice. They could be using meditation in their hospital bed and crindling more. And there's hmm. more access to this stuff. Instead of just just to load up and watching of the television and checking out, and then just letting everything mm. else try to heal mm. me. Mm.
1: Well,
0: now you're not connected to your own healing.
1: That that's that's beautiful. And by the way, this is the revolution that that a certain a certain uh, doctor and uh, a mindfulness teacher. His name is John Kabat-Zinn. Okay. is is one of the of the leading researchers uh, of meditation in the world. Uh, this is the revolution that he has started, because he has developed the, this kind of uh, of uh, um, of uh, mindfulness stress management programs that that have now uh, 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 become widespread in uh, well uh, in hospitals, clinics, uh, uh, everywhere in the world. Oh, so right. I, I think I think when we're beginning to to realize that uh, his meditation is is body scan, for instance we you're realizing that you can actually learn to, to have a deeper connection with your body, becoming uh, making yourself familiar with the f- sensations in the body. And the beautiful thing is that when you become uh, aware of sensations, they also dissolve more quickly. You see, without consciousness, they, they stick. They wouldn't let go. But with consciousness, they have this space to appear and disappear.
0: And everybody has little pains. They just need, if they learned a little bit of this, they could relieve themselves so much easier.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: And that's why we're all here for you today. Would you mind, we spoke about earlier, maybe doing a little practice today? Oh yes. Yes,
1: gladly. Happily, yes. This is uh, basically a technique uh, called the inner cave of the heart and the inner cave of the heart uh, is actually a a very ancient uh, meditation technique. Uh, And it's all about discovering that that deep inside our hearts, uh, we have a certain unaffected space, a, a space that has never been touched or shaped by traumas, by memories, and by life's blows and disappointments. So, what we do in this meditation is that we move from the uh, from the superficial part of our heart, which is very vulnerable. This is where we feel all the heartbreaks and all the, the uh, our hypersensitive heart. Sometimes um, we move deeper into the chest to reach the what is called the inner cave. This is the place that is that is really. Uh, found deeply inside our chest, closer to the spine. So when we reach this space, we're beginning to to realize that our heart is different layers. So let us go through these layers. Please sit in a comfortable position and close your eyes. Don't worry, this will take just (laughs) five minutes.
2: And feel that you are drawn to discover and contact the heart's mystery. So, to allow your attention to drop into the heart and settle there, visualize your head disappearing completely so that instead of the head, there is empty space. When there is only empty space there, you can feel how light this
1: area feels. As a result, your center of gravity can naturally move down to your chest. So feel how your head is now your heart.
2: And as soon as you shift the center of gravity, the heart space begins to operate.
1: So now let us begin to journey into our heart chakra. Let's do it together. The heart chakra is located midway between the two breasts.
2: Now, with every inbreath and expansion of the chest, Feel how you are pulled into the center of the heart. First, moving through the outermost layer, the
1: part that is closer to the skin. This is the part that is easily hit in life's ever-changing play,
2: where we experience the most immediate pains and joys of the heart. Now move deeper into the chest,
1: pass through the wall of the outermost heart to find the heart's inner world. This is its more concealed and intimate thoughts and feelings,
2: self-image, past impressions, conclusions. but you want to move even more deeply.
1: Aim to reach the source of the heart's inner light,
2: the very spring of your heart's energy. So simply let go and fall back into your heart's vibrating core. What do you find in this innermost darkness? So move your consciousness into the heart of hearts while momentarily removing the outer layers, dissolving the wall, and allowing the innermost heart to glow in the open. Feel as if you're sharing the innermost heart with the universe and the whole of existence. So for a moment, dwell in this unique energy field and allow it almost to move out of your chest and to become fully present and visible. In this way, your heart reveals its true presence, which actually has no edge, no boundary. So, meditating on the heart's secret Ask yourself, what lies at the core of my heart? Feel how healing it is. The heart has its own healing power. Let the heart activate this healing power right now. Continue to rest in this wide, vibrating openness. And if you choose to do so, you can remain in this state of unharmed, open-heartedness even after you come out of the meditation.
0: I was like, was that five minutes? Totally boring. <laughs> oh. Thank you so we'll cut that up and we'll we'll send that to people who want it or need it and so they can go right to it. It was really beautiful. I pre I love that headless uh, imagination because that's sort of where a lot of especially the right. last day right. of quagmire is. And right. Let that go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lovely visual. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for this complete book of meditation through uh, Llewellyn Publications, who are wonderful, and they do a lot of amazing books in this category. And uh, aren't they wonderful to work with? I love Llewellyn.
1: They're the best. Yes, loving, joyful, generous. Yes.
0: <laughs> so thank you, Kat, for setting all this up. This is the really the book that you need for all kinds of different meditations and so you can explain it to everybody you send it to a friend like share and subscribe with us let us know if you have any comments or feedback um Sh- Shia, do you have any final comments that you want to comment on
1: no just just uh, <laughs> enjoy experimenting with meditation and uh, and discover how this, how your mind, which is usually perceived as the source of your trouble, it can actually be the source of your greatest happiness.
0: And where where can we find all your online videos and everything?
1: Well, uh, first of all, there is my YouTube channel uh, under my name, which uh, contains numerous uh, guided meditation techniques and also uh, videos explaining how to integrate the meditative perspective into our daily life. And there's uh, my official website, which is shaitubali, S-H-A-I-T-U-B-A-L-I dot com.
0: (laughs) we will link everything below. So if you can't find it, you'll make sure you can just find it here. So, you know, wishing everybody a lot of love and light. And thank you for being here today and supporting yourself and then the people that you love or just people that you want to help. So thank you so much. Thank you, Shia.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Namaste.
1: (laughs) Namaste.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support.